Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by any means possible. And today, I'm bringing on a fantastic expert who has utilized her podcast to help her to invest in real estate. The podcast gets her name out there. People realize they want to invest in multifamily with her because of her podcast, and she shows us how she's done it and how you can do it too. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey there. Thank you so much for being with me on the Successful Unemployed Show. And even week after week after I interview so many great experts sharing with us how they become successfully unemployed, that's my goal for you is that you get a spark. In fact, I was just, I go to church and I love discipling men. And so I'm discipling a man from my church and helping him to understand that there are so many different ways to make money than working that dead-end J-O-B. In fact, I just said, hey, did you know, because he said he likes to write and likes to journal and write likes to write letters. And I said, did you know that there are people who literally get paid money for writing words. It's called writing copy. That is a business that you could actually create and help other people with their marketing. And along with that, I'm super pumped to bring on an expert who's utilizing her podcast to help her to invest in real estate. Now, I get a lot of students, actually just lots of people in general asking this question. But you guys know what? I invest in real estate and I also coach people how to invest in real estate. And with this recession either coming or that's here now, I'm super pumped that I'll be buying a lot more properties. But I do get so many questions from lots of people saying, how do you buy real estate and invest in real estate with low or no money down? Well, my guest has absolutely figured out how to utilize other people's money because that's how you do it with no and low money down. No and low money down, meaning you're not taking your own money to invest in real estate. You're utilizing other people's money. It could be a seller financing deal where the seller is really being the bank and you're just paying them over time. It could be like our guest where they bring in other people to invest into multifamily apartment complexes with them and they get a cut of the deal because they bring the money. And the money is what allows you to buy the property. And then you actually own real estate that makes you money and makes you wealthy. And you know what's crazy on top of all of this? Julie and I talk about other ways that you can utilize a podcast to build other business, like your insurance business, or you have a business that wants to get in front of other customers. And that's a way to do it. There are so many good benefits about podcasting. I personally love podcasting because I love getting the message out that people can change their lives. But there's so many other great ways to make money with your podcast, like investing in real estate, like our expert Julie Holly today. All right, here we go. Let's I want to jump into yeah, let's do what it. you what do you do to provide for yourself mm-hmm. and your family without working that dead end job? I invest in apartment complexes and have a podcast that now makes money. <laughs> Who knew you could make money off a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. So uh, Apartment complexes, real estate investing is yes. fantastic. It sounds like you played Monopoly. You jump right to the end where you jump right into multifamily, which is awesome. Now, what were you doing before that? Because, you know, getting the courage Teaching. to be able to quit. Let's let's jump into that. Talk to us about your backstory and then what got you into what you're doing now and then all the nerves yeah. and the fears and everything that came with it. Okay. Well, um, I, I've come in and out of jobs actually, Dustin, like, so, so I've been a unique little butterfly in the sense that I have, um, charted my own path. I decided I was going to become a public school teacher. And so I did that, finished the five-year program in four years, started at age 22. I looked like I was 12. People didn't think I could be teaching their kids, you know, and, and I went through all of that. And when they were handing out pink slips, when I was about 25, I got nervous and I thought, I thought I was in a government job. I thought that this was going to be safe. And then I realized 
wait a second, that pension that I was pining for and the ease and all of that, it's, I have no control. And so that's actually the first time that I decided to leave the traditional job sector. And I went into real estate. I went into real estate, like residential real estate sales. That was a dog eat dog world. You were being a realtor. So I was a realtor. I put on a realtor hat, just like my dad and my grandpa. And I was really successful. It was really fun. I got to wear like high heels and pretty clothes and I made a lot of money. And there were also a lot of really like people that were very unethical. (laughs) And so I was like this, and it was just dog eat dog and people throwing elbows. And I thought, I, I don't like this. And there weren't podcasts and all of that. So then I went back into education and I thought I can be a teacher. still. that's fine. I I know I can go and do something else if, if I want to, but I can also choose to be a teacher. So I think there's, it's really interesting. A lot of times we pigeonhole ourselves into one way of thinking and it has to be like, no, I committed, I have to do this. And instead of making that my lifestyle, it was, well, that was, didn't work out for education the first time the way I thought. Okay, well, real estate was interesting. I can totally do that. Okay, I'm going to go back into education. And then it was, oh, well, now I have a mom hat. I'm going to wear that mom hat. And so we shifted roles. And, you know, as I wore that mom hat, and as I was, um, I ended up going back into education when my daughter was in kindergarten and we had some single family investments. And then I was just like, we got to do something better. There's a better investment strategy. And I don't want to be teaching the whole time. I, I love the kids. I love teaching, but I want to do something different. I got that itch again. Cause that entrepreneurial heart does not die. And once you are free and untethered from that whole, like I have a boss thing. Once you have been your own boss, it's hard to go back. It's hard in the sense of actually The leadership always appreciated it when I returned back into education because I would relate to them. I related to them in a very different way than a lot of my colleagues did. And my colleagues, when I went back the last time, they're like, why are you interacting with the lead? Like they didn't understand. And I'm like, they're human beings and we're on the same team and we want to get this job done really well. Right. (laughs) So it was just interesting, this discrepancy, but really ultimately leaving was I ultimately found apartment syndication and it was just this whole amazing experience. I say I have a faith testimony for my walk with Christ and I have a real estate testimony and, and it's just, it's a really cool story of going up to the gym to work out like I do every other morning and listening to bigger pockets and learning about like having a guest just like shine the light for the first time ever on apartment syndication. And literally from the moment I heard Monique Calm discuss apartment syndication, I have not stepped back once full throttle. And that's how I get to take care of my family. That is, that's fantastic. Yeah. All of us have that experience where we start to realize, well, we're all taught, you know, go to school, get good grades and then take those good grades and eventually go to college, get thousands of dollars in debt. And then hopefully get good grades again and go get a job. And like, that's just what we're taught from the very beginning. And when we get out of that mindset or we find out there's another way to live that is not working, being a cog in a machine, working day after day, hour after hour, where you can do something like passive income or something like creating something that somebody wants to invest in or listen to, whatever it might be. There's so many other ways to do it. So this is Mm. terrific. Now, what what was the first jump that you went to? So it sounds like, because you do the podcast, which you said you make money on, which I definitely want to talk about it as well. I love right. podcasting. I have three podcasts myself. I love it. And as well as I love real estate. So you also have the syndication, the um, multifamily investing as well. More than likely, or at least, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like the multifamily came first and then the podcast or vice versa. I discovered the syndication, you know, apartment syndication. Now, this is what we do when we're innovators. We say, oh my gosh, um, y'all, I live on the Canadian border in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so think of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. A lot of people actually know where Coeur d'Alene is. I know Coeur d'Alene. And- I have a good friend that moved there. Right. Okay. So you just keep heading north and keep going north until you get to the border. And that's where I live. And it's this teeny tiny town. And I thought, 
geez, God, why did you like introduce me to apartment syndication when I used to live in a city where I would have access to all these meetup groups, access to people, access, access. And I thought, okay, well, that's just one of the obstacles in the way. What are you going to do about it? Like there, you can't move forward if you're just going to him and Han, like, you know, pout about it. So I just, I was thinking, okay, I can't to do a meetup group would, it's not impossible. I could do it. It's just, I was still teaching at the time. And I'm thinking I would have to drive down to Spokane, Washington or Coeur d'Alene. I would not get home until two in the morning. That's really not feasible for all the roles, all the hats that I play. And as I was just like brainstorming to myself, that's when I thought about the podcast. Well, how did I learn about this whole process? And then I went through that imposter syndrome. Well, I'm new to this. How can I possibly have a podcast? We all go through that. Yeah. But, and I think, especially when you're new, it's like, well, I'm not the expert. So, and then I realized I don't, that was my golden moment right there. Dusted. I was like, wait a second, this is brilliant. I do not have to be the expert. I can invite all the experts on here and I can give them a platform. I will promote the heck out of them. And I want to pause for a quick second and share that honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. My new goal in my life, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. And I did that, accomplished that at 37. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that. And how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income. Scale it to quit your job. I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. So that's great exposure for them. Even if I'm a small fry, you know, in the dish, I'm still something that's just out there promoting them. So I'm thinking, okay, it's a win. I get access to these people, they get promoted, and other people get to eavesdrop in on these amazing conversations. So that's like why I started the podcast and how it started. And it was the single best decision. I'm with you. I absolutely love podcasting. Uh, 100%. I'm blessed to have two or actually three podcasts now, but uh, two different specific styles. The third one is where I do with my brother. We watch movies. We're we're like 600 miles apart. So that's the only time we get together and talk about movies. So that's a fun, fun one. But the other two, one is a solo show where it's just me teaching investing, how to invest in real estate, how like my, how I do it. And occasionally I'll do interviews, but it's very, very rarely. Uh, But the other one is this show, Successfully Unemployed. And so I love being able to do the solo show but I missed out on the experts and networking and getting to know great people like you, Julie, and say, you know what, let's help each other out and help other people that are going to be listening to it. It's such a great way to build your own credibility, but then also Mm -hmm. meet and network with people. And number three, to serve your audience with great, great experts that are literally going to be doing it with you. So, okay. So it sounds like the podcast came first, correct? And then you started getting to the syndications? So I actually started getting into syndication before that. It was almost, almost chicken and egg ish, but I already invested, I invested passively and I was doing all of my research and homework and, um, and I had, you know, like had decided to launch the podcast and really sealed the deal on that. When I went to, um, my very first apartment, like investing conference, I ended up, you know, in a space where I don't mind just walking up to people, especially, you know, like this is what we're here for. We're here to network. We're here to get to know people. And so I was able to actually talk to um, very successful podcasters and learn about it, learn about the equipment and, and just be convinced a hundred percent that that was the best move for me. And that was before so many other podcasts have launched since, but you and I know a lot of podcasts fizzle out. I have over 300 episodes now just by being disciplined twice a week. That's what it is. Twice a week, rain or shy, hell or high water. It's twice a week. (laughs) 
twice a week. Man, I do one yeah. a week. And thinking, man, twice a week, that's a lot of work. That You put in a lot of work. Okay, so I do want to talk a little bit about syndications, but I also want to talk yes. about how you utilize and, and use both the podcasting and syndications working together because I see how it works out really well, obviously, because I've, I've done it myself, but the audience doesn't really understand that podcasts, mm-hmm. they can be used so much more than just, let's say, Joe Rogan podcast. or I mean, Just think of any podcast as let's just deliver content. Like If you actually wanted to get more people to invest with you or find more Mm. deals, start a podcast and start interviewing people. Just the networking alone is really going to boost what you want to do. I'll give you another quick example of how podcasting will help almost any business. I met a gentleman at another conference. It was in San Diego. And he told me he had a podcast. I said, oh, that's great. What's your podcast about? Oh, it's just local to San Diego. I'm like, that's interesting. Okay, tell me more about it. He says, well, what I do First is I'm an insurance agent. Like I sell insurance. So what I did was I created a podcast that is literally all about San Diego. It's about the best businesses in San Diego. And I'll take any business and I'll interview them. I'll literally go to their location, bring them microphones and interview them, give them publicity, pump them up, all that great stuff. And then once everything's done, I kid you not, he's telling me this, 75% of them are saying, well, that was great. You know, what can I do for you? Or how, you know, what do you do? And they, mm-hmm. oh, well, I do insurance. And it's a way to sell, to sell to the to the, to the companies. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, he's promoting them. He's giving them business. It's, it's a huge win, win, win. So I love that whole entire thought that we can utilize podcasts more than just, you know, getting our voice out there. There's so many other great things. Now with mm-hmm. that, yeah. with your syndication, are you the one that raises the money? Are you the one that operates it? Like, what is your focus in the multifamily syndication space? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I, I want to go there, but can I go back and just say Please. high five a million times over on <laughs> if a podcast is not contributing and lifting other people up, then to me, there isn't a purpose to the podcast. And that's the beauty of podcasts is that just like in apartment syndication, everybody wins. It's like Oprah just handing out, you know, cars to everybody, you know, everybody is winning. And I love that. And so, you know, that makes total sense. And it's such an invaluable tool. For instance, I will interview very specific people on the conscious investor podcast, because I know what my investors need. Well, they need to hear some information directly from a real estate CPA. I need to cover my behind and I, but I can interview this person and they can have that information at their disposal. So I can create pieces of content that I can now share and support my investors and whoever, you know, all the other conscious investors that are listening. It's absolutely amazing. And that person gets lots of exposure. I have people that will say like, oh my gosh, I had so many people, you know, book calls to learn about my services just after being on your show. And what a privilege to be able to say, thank you. And my listeners, and I'm sure you feel the way, the same way, I have the best listeners. They're amazing. So, you know, it's like, I know that I'm pairing like-minded people together and they're going to have a great time doing business. So it's really super satisfying. Absolutely agree. And I love how podcasting, it brings the right people around you and the wrong people, not saying that they are wrong, if they're just not the right fit, they'll shut it off and go away, which is, I'm not mm-hmm. going to waste their time. We're not wasting their time. But the people that want to stick around, they're the right fit. And so that's mm-hmm. what's so great about podcasting. And I've also learned, so I've also done blogging, YouTubing, as well as the podcast. So if I write an article, it takes me, I don't know, a couple hours to write an article, put it online. People only spend like 30 minutes, sorry, 30 seconds to one minute on an article. It's like, oh my goodness, all that work for that little. And then if I create a YouTube video, it's maybe three to five minutes. Okay, that's that's better than one minute or 30 seconds. But my podcast, any podcast that I put out, usually it's about 20 to 25 minutes that they're listening to the consuming mm-hmm. the content. It's so much more rewarding. Yeah, it really is. And when you go to events and you have people come up to you or you get the messages, so so listener, hear this, your comments, your reviews, everything absolutely are just like fire, wind in the sails and fire in the pot to, you know, help us continue creating great content. So, but to your, to your next question though, you were talking about, Hey, what hat, what role do you actually play in apartment syndication? So if you have not heard about apartment syndication already, 
it's basically, you know, that time that you were a kid, you're a teenager and you needed to get, you wanted to get mom a gift, but you didn't have enough money. And so you all pull together and you buy that special person in your life. This is just pooling. We just pool resources to do something that is bigger than a single person can do on their own. Most people can afford to go out and buy a single family home and figure that part out. But the economies of scale, when we're buying multi-million dollar properties, the benefits just are astronomical for everyone, even fractional owners, even the people that put in a small piece of the pie come out far, far ahead. So it's really important to know, well, okay, if I'm going to invest in this, if I'm going to chip in into buying something buying this amazing gift, think of it as a gift because you're gifting yourself and your generations behind you. If you're building generational wealth, but you're also gifting the residents who get to live there because you're creating quality housing. And I always extend that even further to say, you're also gifting a community because communities where there is quality housing are going to attract a different type of resident profile. And it's going to create a different dynamic in the community. So it's really gift giving all the way around. Again, Oprah, everybody wins. Everybody gets a gift, something good. That, um, that's the best type. I'll quickly interject and say, that's the best type of business. And when you said win, 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 like everybody mm-hmm. wins, it doesn't have to be where somebody always loses in business or in life. It, mm-hmm. it, there are ways where you can work it out to where literally every single person wins. So I love that aspect. Mm, you know, that's it. My, my grandpa, my dad, they always, and my dad's a master of it. My husband is in, he's a residential broker. And I mean, just, it's always about how do we situate everything? So everyone gets what they need and what they want. And really when you have people that are willing, you can usually do that. You can usually accomplish that. Um, and it's exciting. Yeah. Life is not a zero sum. If that is the only thing you take away from this entire episode, just please remember life is not a zero sum game. And so there doesn't have to be, I win, you lose, we can all figure it out. And I thought, I don't know about you. I mean, I had that thinking, but then I was also kind of like, had this thinking of like, well, but that's really kind of like utopian. Is that really true? And the more I've journeyed into the syndication space, I see how true that really is. So you were asking about the roles, the roles in syndication. And so you're right. We have people like, okay, well, who has to find just like when you were out looking for a single family home, you're out house hunting. Well, there's apartment shopping and we call that person acquisitions. They're going to go and acquisitions has relationships with the brokers after you've identified a market that you're interested in investing in. And they've really, I mean, it takes a lot of relationship building. There aren't very many apartment complexes available. And there are a lot of people that want to purchase them, including huge, huge mega companies with kajillions of dollars that can just say, like, it's almost like that guy from, um, shoot, you know, $1 million, except I have a kajillion dollars, you know? And so anyhow, Dr. Evil you're talking about from thank you. I'm like, powers, yep. it's been a million years, but that always <laughs> comes to mind. But anyhow, I mean, we're competing against a lot of, you know, institutional funds as well as other people that are just breaking in. And so, um, you know, we have to have someone that is hunting down those properties and underwriting them, making sure that the numbers meet our criteria. Cause we have a, a bare minimum criteria of doubling our investor money, um, capital in the course of five years and bringing, you know, some returns that are st- not standardized, but I mean, like, Hey, if it's like below 15%, we're not going to offer it to our investors because we value our investors and we know our investors are savvy and want to grow their capital. So we have our acquisitions team member. We have our operations team member that once we close, well, I guess I should throw in my role, capital raiser, because we cannot investor relations is more appropriate, actually, right? But we it, we will struggle to acquire that property if we don't have any money to put into that property. And so that's what I love. And this is why I love syndication, because everyone has their very specific place where they can thrive. I really don't like spreadsheets that much. I'm sure that's coming as a shock to everybody listening. Oh, Dust same in your face. here. I like, hate those. 
Yeah, we'd rather be talking and podcasting and building relationships. <laughs> Absolutely. By, <laughs> like the numbers matter. And I'm sure, you know, we can, man, I, I can do the numbers, I can do it, but it's not my zone of genius. And we do so much better. We're more successful when we are operating in our zone of genius. So, so my zone of genius is oftentimes different than the acquisitions person who is loving the numbers and crunching the numbers. Um, and so I just love people. I love communicating with people, making sure that they understand the process that, you know, how do I get involved in this investment and, and exposing people to the opportunity to be involved in an apartment syndication. And so think about this background in education, love of communication, I love people. It all just flows perfectly together for investor relations. Um, and so that's the role I typically play. And just to really wrap that up, another role that we have is also the operations because somebody has got to be taking care of and making sure that the business plan is running smoothly throughout the duration of the hold. And I'm going to put a little asterisk here. And I'm just going to say that a lot of times newer investors, they're so focused on getting their first deal and crossing that finish line that they forget that it, that's you just started the whole process. <laughs> that was not the finish line. That was actually the start line. And now you have a responsibility to your investors over the duration of that hold to ensure that you are following through on that business plan so that you are delivering the returns that you projected to them. So I always like to point that out because there are so many people that are so excited. I just closed my deal and it's like, I want to see you at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not done. There's, there's more work done. to do along the way. So talk to me about how the podcast, let's say at any different level, but like explain how we can utilize a podcast to mm -hmm. grow. I mean, it could be any business, but let's talk about how you did it. How did you utilize a podcast to help grow your real estate investing with syndications and multifamily. Mm, big time. So initially, my goals with my podcasts have shifted as I've grown within the syndication space. So initially, I didn't care about numbers. I wasn't caring about my downloads. I was just caring about how, who am I connecting with, you know, and being very intentional about those relationships and having a network is absolutely powerful and critical. I, you, we cannot, let me rephrase that. Okay. We can be successful. No, no, I'm not even gonna say that you can't be the success that you are intended to be on your own. We are not designed and created to be lone rangers out here. And sure you can feel like I, you've accomplished something, but really when you are around the people, um, a strong network, you can be, you can really, um, achieve your ultimate success. So, so I'd use the, I, initially I used it to build out my network from my little small town. And when I went to events, I actually knew people and it was amazing. And so, and then that's transitioned to now I am focused on downloads and growing and refining the message to ensure that I'm delivering content that does support and empower investors to take those first steps of investing passively. They're uncomfortable. Um, and that does serve me well. I mean, even yesterday I, I had an investor that's nervous, um, about what's happening with the economy. I happen to have a podcast episode that spoke directly to that. Hey, here you go. Silver platter. Here's some content to encourage you. <laughs> I love that same thing with my podcast and my YouTube channel. I get students all the time saying, "What about this? What about this?" And I'll just point them over to it. Hey, check this mm -hmm. out. Or if somebody listen to the, listening to the podcast, they'll reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram. I'll say, "Hey, check out. I've already made this. Here, here you go. Um, that's that's fantastic." Now, when somebody's going to start a podcast, it's really not that that hard. I mean, it's fairly simple to actually create a podcast. You just get a, a decent microphone, maybe spend $100. You get a computer that has, a, I use Audacity. It's a free software. And you hit record and you just talk. And then you can go to, there are free so, uh, software or companies that you can actually post the podcast on. So the practical things of setting it up and doing it, that's really not that hard. If anybody's wanting to do it, think it's not hard. Dustin said it's not hard. And it's I can figure hard. it out. It's, it's not hard at all. But growing the podcast. Talk to me about, wow. you know, you're putting out, let's say you're three to five episodes and then you start, okay, now I got to start finding the right people or finding people just number one to interview okay. or have my own content to share. But with that, 
how do we make sure it starts growing, going out? Because it's so sad when you put out an episode and maybe 20 people download it. You're like, oh man, all that work and only 20 people. What are your thoughts? <laughs> okay. I'm going to say something and, and it might, it's the, the only way that I can actually articulate this well. And if you're listening and you are a mother, you will understand. But when you have your very first baby um, and you have a family, and so I don't know if your wife and maybe, maybe fathers also identify with this, but my, my girlfriend said, Mark, you know, it was something like Mark eight weeks or 12 weeks out on your calendar. And there is zero freak out time from birth until that point, just know that everything's crazy and it's okay. It's going to be okay. Right. That's and so I actually, it is. <laughs> cause you just, you're in freak out mode. It's like, I have no idea what this new person. Everything's in crazy. Life. Everything's new. You've never <laughs> experienced it before. Why are they throwing up? Like what's going on? It's just, everything's crazy. <laughs> Why is there a crying baby? But yeah, all of it. And so the same thing, your podcast is a baby and you're giving birth just like people birth books. Your podcast is content that you are birthing and there are growing pains and lots of moments where it's uncomfortable. And you just, I, I believe in just marking out your space and saying, okay, you know what? The first three months, mark out what your expectations are. Be realistic. You know what? The first three months, I'm just not going to have any expectations at all. Or maybe your first three months, you're like, I am going to make apples like new, new podcast of the time. You know, the, they always have the new list. I forgot what it's called. Cause I <laughs> apparently not following it <laughs> well enough, but you know, I don't follow it either. Okay. Like, you know, it's, it's, you know, new and noteworthy is that's what it's called. Right. So, so maybe that's your goal. If that's your goal, then you know what you're going for. But I think for most people, it's just safe to say, just get comfortable, just set that out. You know what, for the first three months, um, if I have five downloads, I'm happy. Like, that's great. I'm getting in the driver's seat. I'm getting comfortable. I'm creating content consistently. And no matter what you do, if you're going to create content and you say, these are the days it's going to come out, you sure as heck better follow through and you better deliver every single week. Like you said, that's absolutely right. If you miss a week, I mean, just imagine you missed a week feeding or a day or even a, a feeding of your child. That's there would be a lot of crying. There's gonna be a lot of bad things that come with it. And the last thing you want is for somebody just to find you and then realize, oh man, they didn't ep like, there's no episode this week. Maybe they just give up, you know, like, oh, they're not going to give out anymore. So I'm just going to give up. And so 100% it's consistency. Now I absolutely agree with you. And we have to continually be putting out, I know with successfully unemployed, mm -hmm. I put out episodes every single week. And sometimes it was like maybe six months for twice a week. I was putting out episode after episode and only mm -hmm. getting like 50 yeah. to hundred downloads. I was like, Oh, this is, this is not working. Like what's going on. And <laughs> over time though, it gets bigger and bigger and more people start downloading mm -hmm. it, starts getting shared. Now I would say one for me, one caveat, there's one gentleman that I know, he has his podcast. He has like 700 episodes, like so many episodes and he's been doing it for a very long time. And then in the end, I asked him, well, how are your downloads doing? And he hung his head and paused for like 15 seconds. And he said, sadly, they are so low. Like he's maybe getting I don't know, 300 downloads per episode. I'm like, that's that's really low for 700 episodes. What it came down to, and we were, I was trying to help him out to figure out what the pr problem is or why people aren't mm -hmm. really grabbing to it. It's the title and the premise of it is good, mm -hmm. but the title is bad. The title was throwing people mm -hmm. off. The premise is, is actually really good, but it's like, you know, it's learning from people's mistakes is really what it comes down to, but it's titled prop improperly and then people don't stay. Mm -hmm. But the people that he gets on are really good. All that to say, you when you're first starting out, don't let the downloads get to you. Like it's it will take time, eventually it'll grow. But if you get to 700 and you're still only getting a couple hundred, then you need to start really, you know, rethinking it. Okay, so is there any other strategies to help Get the mm -hmm. name out of your podcast out to other people because a lot of people easily say, well, if you interview somebody, share it, tell them, ask them, share, you know, force them to share it with other people. I found that they don't. Number one, they don't share it, which is okay because I've been on in the last six months, I've been on at least 60 different other people's podcasts. I can't share mm -hmm. out every single time that I'm on there to everything. It's just, it's impossible. You can't do it. And plus, I wouldn't want to do that to the people that are following me. Or do you have any other... I guess, hacks or any other ways to really get your name and your podcast out there? Well, you know, I'll go back to that. I'll circle back to that. And to let people know that it costs money to produce a podcast. 
And so I always think when I'm a guest on somebody's podcast, I will do everything I can to make sure it is shared in some capacity to my network in some capacity, just because I feel like that's just like honoring, you know, the investment you are investing in me me by having me on your show. And I want to honor that and show gratitude and make sure it gets out. And so I'll put it into my newsletter or I'll put it onto a social platform. It doesn't have to be everywhere, but you figure out, well, where's the best group for this? Because all the social platforms reach different people in different ways. You can be thoughtful about it. Um, and so so I think that that to me is, is really important. And you're right. Most people don't share. And it's not because like you, they've been on 60. It's just they don't think of sharing. A lot of people are nervous about hearing themselves. And they, they think, oh, I probably sounded like this and that. I don't really want to share Instead of saying, this is my social proof that I am an expert on this topic, or I have valuable things to share with the world and I can contribute in this way. So I think if you're listening and you're on podcasts, please make sure that your mindset is correct on that. Um, And then as for growing the show, this is a great question. I initially started out with a podcast called Ask Me How I Know Multifamily Stories of Struggle to Success. Hey, great SEO. (laughs) And the premise of it was great. And there's a fantastic story behind it that I'm not going to go into uh, right now. But I rebranded a year ago, a year ago right now, I rebranded to The Conscious Investor. And you're right. So going with the name is really critical. Since I rebranded, that was a huge, it was just a shift in the podcast. I felt that shift. It was like, oh, I've grown. I have a couple hundred episodes under my belt now and I've grown. The podcast has grown. It's time to to demonstrate that in some practical, tangible way. And also to just show that the content is going to be shifting from how I did it before into what I'm doing now. And the rebrand was very successful, but it didn't do everything I wanted. So I share, um, I share the podcast episodes in a lot of private Facebook groups. I share it over on LinkedIn, which is my favorite social platform. It goes onto Instagram. It goes in the newsletter. It goes, right. It's going out to the world. And I still wasn't growing the way I wanted to grow. And so can I name drop? Can I be very specific or how do you want me to be? Yes, you sure general? Can. Please. Okay. <laughs> I like, I took a very specific, I made a very specific and intentional investment in the podcast. And I, I thought I came to a, a cross, a, you know, just like, this is where I've got to make a decision. Right. And every year on the anniversary, I make a decision. Am I going to have my podcast for another year or am I going to hang it up? But if I commit for a year, I'm committed for a year. And every year I decide and I give myself that permission. So anyhow, I'd committed already and I wasn't seeing that growth that I wanted to see. So I reached out to my friend, Adam Adams, who has, he's also a multifamily investor, a little bit quiet these days um, because he has this huge podcast agency called Grow Your Show. So I reached out to Adam. I said, and I, I mean, we're friends. I've spoken with him about this. And I always had that sticker shock of like, oh my gosh. (laughs) And so finally I just decided, are you all in? Does this podcast matter? Is the content that you're creating important to get out to the world? Is it going to serve your business? How important is this? Because either it's important and you're going to invest in it and you're going to grow it, or it's not important and you need to just retire the show and be done with it. And those were the two, it was very much a black and white decision. So I made a choice to invest in my show by hiring him as a coach and hiring his editing team. And it's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, Quite frankly, like what I've learned through the coaching process, and we've created what we call a case study that is on his podcast, podcast for podcasting. And we talk about the numbers. We talk about what's really happening with the show. It's very transparent. And recently we actually went through a podcast episode and I'll tell you, it was like, okay, let's listen to it. And you're going to, you're going to coach me through where I could improve it. What's good. And I mean, being willing to grow like that, I can see the difference in my show. I like the downloads have, as of today, my downloads have quadrupled. So I saw what that I was doing so on my awesome. own. And now I'm seeing what happens when you have the right team in place. So, and I will say 
there is paid advertising taking place as well. However, you have to you have to create good content to retain those those that audience member. And so the podcast is continuing to grow and it's not growing and shrinking and contracting, right? So that's saying, okay, if we're doing paid advertisements and these listeners are choosing to stay. I I'm think it's looking, terrific. Go ahead. I'll, I'll add, um, one of my friends went to a, a FinCon event and was in a podcasting session and she was, um, she passed this information along as to, um, where your listeners dropping off. And so I started looking into some analytics a couple of weeks ago as to like, how long, like, do they, if it's, if they leave after, um, shoot, if they won't even listen to 30% of it, your content sucks. If they're going to listen to 50 to 60% of it, you're doing well. If they're listening to 80% or better, it's supposed to be like, you're a rock star, keep creating that great content. And so I've actually gone through, through this coaching process. I've, you know, I'm just looking at my podcast in a very strategic way. And, um, because I, I value my time and I value the money I'm investing into it. So that's been working out well, my, by the way, according to that little metric, my content is great. (laughs) Good for you. That is so awesome. (laughs) And I love the idea that you are analyzing, you're, you're trying to make it better. Like, cause you're serving an Mm -hmm. audience and you're also trying to make it better on top of that. I think it's brilliant that you invested. That's a good term to use. You invested in yourself. You invested in your podcast. I'll give you a quick example. So I get questions all the time because I coach people how to invest in real estate. They, they ask, Hey, Dustin, you're, you're a wealthy real estate investor. Why don't you just coach me for free? Because you don't need the money (laughs) and you can invest in me. And I'm like, and so I'm thinking, well, number one, I got a wife and kids, kids. And they would, my wife literally said, cause I asked, should I do this for free? Like, I don't need the money. She goes, uh-huh. no, if you're going to mm-hmm. do it for free, don't do it. And just hang out with us. Like do homeschooling. Cause we homeschool our kids. You yeah. take part of the homeschooling. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I should make money <laughs> that with that. I replied to, as I reply, usually I reply, well, number one, did you go to college? Do you go to, you know, spend a lot of money to invest in yourself? Yeah, that I, you probably did, which is a good idea. Now, if you're asking me to invest my time into you and you are not even investing in yourself by putting your mm-hmm. money where you want to go, you want to invest in real yeah. estate and you're not willing to put, let's say 300 bucks towards a, a course or a coaching. If you're not invest, willing to invest in yourself, why should I? Like, I don't have any incentive at all mm-hmm. to do it. And so you made that conscious choice to say, I'm going to invest in myself because I know that I'm worth it. And I have this desire and I have this growth tra- uh, track or where I want to go. And it's better when you already have somebody that's already there that knows what they're going to be doing or how to get you there. And they just go along with them and invest in yourself. So I love that. Now, are there any other thoughts that as we would probably not just necessary syndications, but like podcasting in general to help any business, any endeavor that we're trying to do. Mm. And if you, if you want to talk about how you make money on with, with a podcast with sponsors or anything like that, any other things that we should know about podcasting to help us have a successful podcast? Well, let's talk about the money-making part. <laughs> so Please do. because I think that will actually really, I mean, so right. I love what you said about investing. There always, there always needs to be some level of compensation. Um, and I heard that as I was listening to an audio book and the person is very accomplished and, and somebody on the, their kid's soccer team, a dad was like, Hey, kind of similar to you. Hey, can you help me out? And he wanted to help the guy out. And so he's just like, yeah, you know what? Buy me a beer. You know, it was something simpler, but he was using it to say, I knew that he needed help, but I know that people have to, there has to be compensation. People have to have some type of buy-in. Yes. And so it's not necessarily always dollars for dollars, but sometimes there's um, bartering that can take place, skills and services that, hey, I'm a great writer. Can I write some blog posts for you and you can do like, so if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I, I don't have two pennies to rub together. Like you have skills and talents that, and you need to leverage those. So money is just one resource. So you think creatively with all the resources that you've been entrusted with now making money on the podcast. I chose to invest in the podcast to invest in myself. And I also learned in that process how to monetize my podcast. So if I had not made that choice, 
And really it was terrifying because it's an investment. If I had not sucked it up and made that investment, I would not know. And I would not be monetizing my, my podcast in a way that covers my expenses um, for my entire business. Like that's huge. I'm looking at your podcast right now. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to subscribe to it. I want to listen to these. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. So anyhow, I mean, that's absolutely huge. Um, And so now I have business partners, you know, that are in a different alignment and those create different relationships, which open up different opportunities for me and my business. So there were so many opportunities with podcasting. I think that's been the biggest surprise I signed, I invested to grow my show, literally the name of their company and what I was doing. And then I had the surprise of now I can monetize my show. And I didn't know I could have monetized it a long time ago. I thought I needed to have X, Y, and Z and da, da, da. And just to have somebody walk me through that process. And then I created accountability with the audience through our case study. Um, I said, this is what I'm going to do. And this is when I'll do it by. <laughs> and so I love it. It's great. Yeah, that's great. And like with podcasting, this is, other than obviously monetary wins and making money, monetizing it is great. But there's also so many other benefits. We talked about a n- number of them, but I'll give you another example. I created the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, or I call it RubeCon. So think of FinCon, but RubeCon for short. And I created this conference because I wanted a community for real estate investors. Like it's all about community. It's not about, you know, it's hype and run to yeah. the back and you spend a lot of money. It's not like that. It's all about a community. And because of my podcasting, I found so many great people who wanted to speak, who had their own audience, as well as their own influence, mm-hmm. that they brought their own people. It was like, hey, let's all have, I basically called up all my friends, all these people that have podcasts, a YouTube channel. I said, hey, I want to do this, but I need your help. And I would love for you to be there. And I would love to have a community where we all bring our audiences all together. And we all just make one huge community. And everybody else says, like 30 of us, we all said yes, and we did it. And it was amazing. But that's another side benefit. I created a brand new business because of my podcast. It's just absolutely amazing. What, And it really comes down to being genuine, number one. But number two, networking and yeah. creating win-win-wins. Like you said, mm-hmm. you need to be genuine. You need to be networking. And you need to see how you can help other people out. So all the people, all of my friends that came and spoke at RubeCon, they, even though they're helping me build a business, obviously I'm putting a lot of money out to make sure that this business gets running, but they are getting a huge win because they're getting in front of other mm-hmm. people. I have had my students who pay me money for to coach them have gone to these other people and started like short-term rental properties to syndications. Like, mm-hmm. no, we all win, which is better because the students win because they get the right people, mm-hmm. the experts, as well as the other people, other experts win. And I win as we're building a business. It's If we focus on everybody winning, it makes life so much better. I also want to say, that I love how you led with that you are a Christ follower. That's something that I always lead with as well. And I make sure that, you know, in my podcast, and here's another thing, when I said be genuine, and this is why I want to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was creating any of my podcasts, I thought to myself, well, I'm a Christ follower. And how I normally talk, should I change how I normally talk? I say things like praise mm-hmm. the Lord and, oh yeah, praise the Lord that this happened. Or, you know, I'm praying for you. I, I That's literally how I talk day to day. Right. <laughs> I thought, should I change that? I'm like, like, man, that well, number one, that wouldn't be glorifying to God, number one. But number two, on top of that, it's just I would have to change how I normally act. So I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Fast forward now, it was literally the best decision. Number one, glorifying God. That's obviously the best decision to do that. Definitely. Number two, I've had so many people who are other Christ followers who said, I'm so glad that you're a Christ follower and you share it. You're bold in sharing that because I know I can trust you because that's what Christ followers are. They, they're supposed to be trustworthy and everything they've seen of you is you're genuine. And so all mm-hmm. that to say, and I, I love it how you are, Julie, you're yourself and you lead with being genuine. And so is there any other parting thoughts? I know that we covered lots of stuff. Any other parting thoughts that you would yeah. like to share with us before we see where other people can find you and follow you online? Oh, I just can I got to echo that. I love when I go to events and people come up to me and they tell me, oh my gosh, the conscious investor is the same in real life as on the, and on the podcast. <laughs> and I always chuckle and I think because it surprises me and I had, you know, I just, it's so much easier to be yourself. Don't try to change anything about you because 
there is only one in you. You are your only one and only you. God made you you, and there's nobody else that can replace you. And so, you know what? Not everybody is going to appreciate how you're created, and that's okay because you don't appreciate all people either. And so you're going to gravitate. And so not taking that personally and just saying, you know what? I'm going to be a magnet for the right kind of people. And that's a great, great opportunity, but it's so much easier and it conserves your energy so much more when you're just you for better or for worse. Be you. Uh, Absolutely. And that's something I love is if somebody doesn't like, oh man, this Dustin guy, he's got too much energy. They just turn it off and go away, which is totally fine. I'm not wasting their time, but that's just how I am. I'm not going to change how I am. So now, Julie, this has been fantastic. I absolutely love talking to you. So we could definitely talk so much more, but where can people find you? I know they need to check out the Cautious Investor podcast and subscribe to it and listen to it. But in any other way that people can find out, maybe possibly reach out to you. Oh my goodness. Well, you've heard me here. So we're already friends. That's what I consider. If you've heard me and you're like, I want to know more about Julie, then I give you the back door to my podcast or to my, to my website. So you can go to julieholly.com. If you type that in, you get access to all things, Julie Holly from three keys investments to the conscious investor podcast and so much more. I run a book club. I coach, I do. So there's so much there that you can have access to. Um, so I'd, I'd encourage you to do that and schedule time. Let's talk. That's terrific, Julie. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're a wealth of wisdom. And so I'm so glad we got to meet. And hopefully the conscious investor just keeps on helping more people and keep growing. So thank you so much for being Mm -hmm. on the show. Thank you so much, Dustin. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders Membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777 so you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, Share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. (laughs) 